Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. Interesting episode today. Hot one. Yeah. Um, we did... Uh, let's do things we want to plug first. Switch it up a little bit. Okay. What do you got? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> Pretty quick. Um, I don't have anything for a couple of weeks. I'm at the San Francisco Punchline with Ron Funches, December 26th, 27th, 28th. Um, that's it. I'm in town for the holidays. Yeah, I'm in town too. Uh, we're in our hometown for the holidays. Get the fuck out of here. Free up our streets. All right. Um, so yeah, that was quick. Got that yep. out of the way. Yep. Now let's get into the episode. We were. I was hanging out with Andrew Themilis. Uh, Themils. Themils. Themililis. <laughs> Yeah. At the comedy store one night, he told us he liked our three people that we were, we were influenced by. Right. So he was like, you guys should do three fictional characters. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a great idea. And then yeah. he goes, I already have three I can think of. And Robin. he goes, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, those are interesting enough to where you should be on the episode with us and we should all do it. Yeah. So that's what this is. We all pick three people. Yep. Uh, fictional. That we kind of influenced us in some way that we admired, looked up to, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then we got into them, and then we would go off on a bunch of tangents. Yep. Uh, the first fucking 10 to 15 minutes were on about like, writing and film for a long time. Pen. The best paper, paper to write with. Yeah. Yep. Which was cool. I was like talking about that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was, that's that. It was a good one. Um, let us know what you think. Send us your fictional characters. Yeah. Because there's so fucking many. And it really it really tells you... I'd never thought to think of fictional characters that I, that influenced me. But then once I thought about it, I was like, oh yeah, I did dress like that character uh-huh. for three years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that. Uh, emailing me, contacting me is contact at nickyusef.com. All that info is on my website, nickyusef.com. Follow me on Twitter, N-I-C-K-Y-O-U-S-S-E-F. Kevin, you're at? At Kevin G. Christie. And same with Instagram. Yep. Um, my Instagram is my name, too. Um, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, our numbers are growing, but we'd like them to grow faster. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so if you like the show, tell your friends. You know, tweet about it. Uh, ha- we use the hashtag occasionally awesome. We don't have a Twitter handle for it, but... If you think of something cool that you like, or, or a person that influenced you, or a band that you like, something we discussed, mention it and hashtag occasionally awesome. I check those pretty regularly. Um, and if you know, if you have whatever other information, you can email me there, just tweet at us, and that kind of stuff. Um, but spread the word about the show. Uh, donate to All Things Comedy. They're still raising money for the studio. Yep. So if you want the podcast you like on that network to have better access to, like videos and camera and skype capabilities and all that kind of fun stuff send like five bucks donate like five dollars that's yeah. like that's a pack of cigarettes that's like a meal at subway that you don't have one day that it, if you factor it it's a beer one less beer at a bar yeah that kind of stuff so all things comedy has been fucking great to us um there's a, a they've given lo- you f- tons and tons of podcasts for oh free. yeah yeah, yeah. Hours, hundreds and thousands of hours of enjoyment. So give yeah. a little back. And live shows. Um, I mean, if you live in LA, at least you got to see those. Yeah. So, yeah, they've been really good to us. Bill and Al are fucking awesome dudes. And what they're doing is super cool for podcasts. So throw a little bit of cash if you can. I yeah. know a lot is a lot to ask, but like five bucks is not that much. You know, that's one, one. of you listening is a millionaire. Yeah. You donated a thousand. 
You <laughs> know what you should do and just do it. Um, so help out. Go to allthingscomedy.com uh, or follow them at allthingscomedy and uh, and kick a little kick kick down, throw down. Kick, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I need we almost to got there. I haven't eaten food. Um, so yeah, help out and let us keep bringing you uh, podcasts that we all love doing. With that said, enjoy this episode uh, with me, Kevin Christie, and Andrew Fennelis. The old typewriter conversation. Well, whoever, whoever. Ye old typewriter talk. Whoever talks about typewriters. Um, we have to start, by the way, by an R.I.P. funeral announcement for. What? Man, I thought this was serious. For a yeah. That broke. What? Okay. Again. Well. What? Fuck it. <laughs> Let me. I want to know. But is I'm looking a, at it on the floor. It's a shitty pen, dude. No, it's. Yeah, well, it's here's the thing. Terrible. <laughs> There, there are no really good pocket pens. Like not true. Like really, dude. Can I tell you? Fuck you. Not true. <laughs> I've looked. There's this a pilot. There's a pilot click pen. They are hard to find because they're wonderful. Right. But they last a very long time. They write extremely fine. I'll find you when I have a bunch. They're wonderful. Here's the deal, though. the The way that broke is the 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 fucking clip. That, the See, pen still writes. That's why... The well, pilot one, the metal clip, has never broke on me, and I carry it in my pocket all the time. I want to see... Where is it? Let me well, see. Now I don't have the... This one... It's not my pocket right now. I just can broke I, these jeans. Can I share now? Yeah. I've got my pen. <laughs> yeah. I, I can only use these pens. These are Lowell 5 bank pens. <laughs> and one time... Bank pens are One great. time, th- this guy who worked at the bank came over to my dad's office, and he just dropped off a bag of these pens. So I always have these pens and there's they actually just last year changed them so they have a new pen it's more like a gel pen yeah. so i probably got about i don't know maybe 75 to last me the rest of my life that's funny <laughs> this reminds what's, me of what's charles the charles schultz the the pen nib he used to draw the peanuts characters uh-huh uh, they went out of business, and he called them up in like a panic. Was like, "You don't understand. You don't get it." Yeah. And he was like, th- "He was like, well, how much do you have? Like, do you have any left?" They're like, "Yeah, we have thousands." He's like, "I'm buying." He bought all of them. Well, like, of he course. bought everything they had left. Wow. See, I got like packages. That, these come in three packs. But what what's cool about them is that they are small. They're click pens, and yeah. they have the uh, the padding for your fingers. So a lot of oh. pocket pens are just thin little. Because you need padding. See, clear. the pilot doesn't have padding. That's not. That's fine as long as the clip is strong and won't break. Because okay. you buy these in the three pack for five bucks, and every fucking. The I'd reason like why to, I'm extra sad I'd like about to point this out one. That, I'd like to point out that you just said that it's small. It's actually got some girth to it. It's short for the listeners. It's actually yeah. short. Well, short is the key. Okay, that's yeah. what I mean by small. small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not. Uh, yeah, it needs to be short because yeah. like you don't want it like digging all the way down. And then they your... crack when you sit. Exactly. You, yeah, it takes a little. Yeah. yeah. So short. But the reason why I'm extra sad about this one is because it's lasted <laughs> so long without breaking. I was thinking about it last week. I'm like, man, this pen's almost like gonna run out of ink. I've had it so long. It's a long time. And then of course today I go into my pocket to pay for a cup of coffee, and the fucking pen's floating around in there because mm. it died of. Uh, Incurable wounds. <laughs> anyway, that's like a boat that lost its mast. Yeah. yeah, it's just I don't know. It bled to death. But um, you can get more though. I like, dude, I have like thirty more. Yeah. Well, so what's R.I.P. That 
because That's, you wasted an RIP on yeah, that. Come on, man. Because at well, did you did you pen a very did you sign like a very important contract with that particular? No. Pen? Do you want to no. bury it in the front yard? I would love to. Okay, <laughs> that's, uh, that's gonna go against some environmental. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that pen will take a hundred years yeah. to. Yeah, but um, but that relates to what you were saying earlier with pen on paper versus pen on paper. Yeah, uh, typewriters versus writing on a computer. Yeah, I was just saying like I always bring up people ask like why do you use a typewriter. And as I said before, it's, it's, you know, they always just assume it's like this hip thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's like I really was thinking about it, like what's going to be the most effective way to get my thoughts out on the paper. And you need the ink on the paper because it becomes permanent, number one. So you mm-hmm. actually wrote something. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, it's this rhythm that your mind has to get into of your thought versus what you're saying. And it's also committing. And until you start having to commit to like things that you're typing – you're never gonna it's it's all gonna be deletable you know? exactly yeah you don't it's you know you i can see that that there's almost like a hierarchy of thought where you almost do the editing in your head versus after you've written it absolutely yeah. and it's clarity editing too it's not always just words or word, word order it's clarity mm-hmm. because you're like why well, have to say this in a few words right you know? you're also like more connected to your thoughts as they come out of you when you're writing pen on paper or on a typewriter because you're working slower right so you're thinking about each sentence and each paragraph and every idea as a whole of course versus like because some people say like oh i can i can get things out way faster for certain things i think that works because you can type way faster on a computer you better know you better know what you're trying exactly what you're going to say yeah otherwise like if you had a story outline in your head and you were like i'm just gonna go type up this treatment and you had already note carded stuff out, and you were like, "Yeah, I know the beats." Then, yeah, sure, you can sit down and type, but mm-hmm. just like fresh. And I also think you probably know this more than anybody is like just what it, how long it takes to find the proper tools and equipment like that works for you. It took me four years before I found a notebook that I like. Yeah. That, that I can write in every day. What do you I draw? Can multi- I can have multiple. I mean, I draw on lots of stuff, but like there is a particular. There's like a. There's this place in Santa Monica that makes handmade paper and they have a particular pad of paper that I've bought tons of <laughs> yeah. just because they're like the paper's perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect to paint on, it's perfect to draw oh, on, it's the right size, it's the right color. Mm-hmm. It's just like they've nailed it. It's and it's not the paper's not even exorbitantly expensive. It's not cheap. It's like 12 bucks for a, a pad of 20, which isn't crazy. But it's just better. For, I guess for drawing, I don't know what the general... For $12 for 20 pieces of paper if you're writing it, is insanity. Yeah, it's insane. But for drawing, I don't that's know. That's not that that's, bad, though. Yeah. No, you. it's not. I bought art supplies where I'm like, jeez. Really good and paper. That's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> this place makes handmade paper. And they like if you want a big sheet that's like five by seven feet, it's like 60 bucks. Wow. Because this stuff is beautiful <laughs> like is the paper is perfect what's the can you describe the texture is it like it, well, they white? have every different kind of texture they, like have, they have hot press they have cold press they have like really like thick like bumpy handmade feeling they have stuff that's just like more perfect they make actually what they think they got known for is making like really nice paper you could put in a laser printer as opposed to just your average garbage yeah. printer paper. But yeah, I love that. I it's the only reason like I drive to Santa Monica, it's like a field trip for me. I'm like I'm What's going What's the place called? Uh, it's called Washi No, Hiromi. Hiromi paper. Okay. It's in Bergamont station. And it's fucking epic. Okay. But yeah, it's my favorite like I'm like I'll, I'm going to drive to Santa Monica, go there, look and there's galleries there, so I always like go buy paper, walk around all the galleries and then go home. 
Yeah, Where where's I don't know where that is. Bergamon so. Station is off the ten. It's uh it's like it's ten in Cloverfield. Okay. You have to take Cloverfield exit. It's just, it used to be a train station, then there's probably like fifteen galleries down there. Oh cool. Yeah. That's What's cool. the notebook you just held up? Oh yeah, that's uh they take a beating. It's it's a moleskine. I have ten of Wait, those and I don't use them. Moleskine. It's whatever you want it to be. Oh, I didn't know. I, I, thought, I have no idea. I thought you knew something I didn't. I, I always <laughs> I was I've like, heard maybe. I've heard both. Okay. Um but yeah, it's it like once I found I'm like, oh and I've Dude. got I've got three at all times and I use the first half for one story, the second half. I have the blank one. ones of those, they're good. I have this one. The hardcover. Yep, the hardcover. See, Mickey Mouse edition. <laughs> Too much, yeah. I think moleskins are great to write in, but yeah. they don't soak up ink. And this. They don't soak up paint. This I told you I bought... One. I once bought that huge moleskin because I was like, I'll make paintings in this and it just didn't soak up paint the way I like. I don't oh, know yeah, what that, it was. That giant one. Yeah. Although I used to, I like this. There's a paper company called Smithson. It's spelled S-M-Y-T-H-S-O-N. But a British lady was like, it's Smithson. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course she was. There's also like, that fair small enough. one. Oh, yeah. That's cool. It's like show and tell, I guess. We got pens. We got books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crazy. Uh, Rodia. Rodia. That yeah, company. They I have kinda, some of those. Th- is that better? Uh, they're just different. They make good graph paper. Okay. I have some of their graph paper. I have some of their pad. I mean, I'm a... That's. I mean, it's interesting that when you guys should that uh, Andrew, you spotted the typewriter that uh, John Hughes gave me because he was a paper psychopath. Sure. Like the dude bought more paper than anyone. Like the pa- he was so obsessed with paper and pens yeah. and just notebooks. And that's how I found out about that company, Smithson. Is <laughs> he told me he had it? He gave me like a notebook from the like so obsessed with paper. A friend, mutual friend of ours, said that. Uh, a couple of years ago, he told me a story. He said that he was talking to you, and you were explaining just like the amount of notebooks upon yeah, notebooks, the closets that, full of note. I mean, and and moleskins. Like he bought the boxes of moleskins, like not individual, like the ones like shrink wrap with like fifty. Yeah, yeah. Because like, he wrote like in them Costco. Yeah, edition. He wrote in them every single day, so he tore through them. I mean, he filled hundreds. Yeah. If you're gonna write in general, like. You know, there's a million different types of writers, but the only book I ever read about writing was called uh, uh, "Screenwriter is God: Devil's Guide to Hollywood" by mm-hmm. Joe Esterhaas. He's the guy who yeah, and he wrote uh, Showgirls. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he and he was the highest paid. I mean, he sold. He was selling specs like you know one page outlines for like a half a million dollars to studios yeah. uh, after like Basic Instinct. But he wrote this great book, and if you're at all interested in writing in general. This guy just breaks it down, and there's tons of quotes from other writers, but but it's their stories, and he just trashes like Hollywood. Like if you're gonna write, just write, you know. But yeah. he said one thing that struck with me. Sorry, I went on a tangent, but the one thing that's that struck with me, he said, if you're gonna be a writer, you're either gonna be a writer or wanna be writer. And then just hearing somebody like say that and reading, it's just like, ugh, I would never want to be a wannabe writer. <laughs> like right, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, that's, that's what I noticed about don't be a wannabe. What I noticed about John is he was just always doing it. It wasn't like a, yeah. I think a lot of times people make it very precious. Whereas like, and it, it's the same. I noticed I'd had this. I would have the same problem with like a nice sketch, but it was like mm-hmm. this has got to be good. Whereas like, just he filled all he did. He did it every single day and did it constantly to where so where it's like it wasn't as 
precious. He was just always doing it. So just the best ideas came to the top. Took me forever to realize that. Yeah. To, I was to, talking to about. Write. I'd have like a nice bit. I'm like, all right, this is going to be this story. And it's just like, yeah, like still no, just it's still it empty. Out. And yeah. then these, I'm like, all I right. I had the let's same conversation with Ed Templeton about like canvases because they're expensive. <laughs> and it was just like, I was like, dude, you got to treat them like sketchbook. I was like, canvas is sketchbook, dude. But they're fucking pricey. So it's like, this sketchbook page cost me 90 bucks. <laughs> so you don't want to <laughs> yeah. like fuck around. But I'm like, dude, look at the painters you love. And like, they treated that shit. Like it was just another piece of paper. Yeah. And that's kind of how you got to do it. Otherwise, you're just like staring at it too long. Yeah, it's better to write anything in it than nothing at all. And then you look at it and go, I haven't done anything. Yeah, it's gonna, you're mm. going to need to, whatever it is that you wrote, you're going to need to rewrite. Exactly. If you watch a movie and you go, ah, eh, they almost had it. Like the first thing I think I go, oh, I go, this movie needed rewrites. Right. The first thing I ever shot, I rewrote it a bunch of times and then we, I, we shot it and I was just like, Looking back, I'm like, oh, I, I, this would have been so much better if I just rewritten it like one or two more times. Uh-huh. It was like my first year writing. Yeah. Yeah. Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Dude, it's hard, man. Writing's yeah, it's hard. It's super hard. Sitting down, just sitting down and like, it yeah. took, again, it just takes years. It's like my that, fifth year of doing it consistently and it took me my, to my fifth year to be like, having like even the, the slightest bit of confidence when I sit down. Not in general. That's the hardest part. Even if, if you have it helps if you have some idea. You're like, I want to do something on this and then start. But like sometimes if you start with nothing, you're like, I just need to write of something. Course, because you're always afraid, like, I've got this good idea. And if, yeah. I, if I start going this other way, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah, what if I First off, idea, ideas are not special at all. No. Like whole, ideas are not special. Stories are special. Mm. That's like you have to have a beginning and a middle and an end. So mm. having an idea, I had this idea... Every, every, I always imagine that every kid who starts screenwriting, you know, if there's two buddies writing together, it's always, all right, so two dudes are driving down the highway <laughs> yeah. and they're on their way somewhere. And you're thinking like, this is going to be cool. It's like, wait a minute. What are you talking? Like, that's but nothing. What, yeah, that's not an idea. That's and nothing. And it is nothing. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. nothing. <laughs> that is literally nothing. I wrote that. You you're know like, what I mean? Like in some respect, everyone I'm sure wrote, I wrote that. that. Yeah. Everyone wrote that. So she's a picture. guy. So he's, this is like this guy, and like you know, he's kind of like a normal dude. You're like the end. I don't. We're done. I is know. there a spaceship? We're done. <laughs> I know. That's like <laughs> like if you had a picture like just above your head right now of like two guys driving to the highway, and Ugh. it's like your first picture. <laughs> like, right. dude, it's the, that's. I mean, my version of. The version, the art version of that to me is like just a, a, a drawing or a painting of a, like an attractive woman, like a hot girl. And uh-huh. there's a lot of artists that just do that. And it's like, that's a, there's Enough. nothing more boring to me yeah. in the world. Just, yeah. just like, look at this super hot chick I did a super tight painting of. You're like, I could, I'm not, I can't stop looking at this fast enough. Dude, and that's so funny, just picturing like your Instagram, like the stuff that you Instagram, your art, and it's, it's like the complete opposite of like a set of tits. It's, it's uh, you know, ha- a ladder with like half a face. It's like this like, you know, thoughtful stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I... I Which is great. <laughs> there's certain things that are to me like a white flag, but I was thinking when you were talking about, you know, or you were saying like you can do kind of like you can do anything. There is that, there's that... You're, I feel myself having this problem all the time where you're almost trapped under the weight of how many possibilities. I can't think of a t-shirt to make for us because oh, I know, yeah. it can be anything. I've, I was saying this to someone. Like, well, what if the first thing isn't the best thing? But then in the end, it's like, just, get, just do it. I was just saying this to there. someone yesterday, 
and I was like, I have overlooked at things. I have at this point, I realized recently I've looked at too many things mm-hmm. to where now my brain is too full of things that things could be. So I can't pick. Something is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I have spent too much time gathering imagery in my brain by looking at books and looking at everything yeah. to where now it could, I, I'm like, I can't pick. It's I like think part the of the problem of a pop song. You know what I mean? Like you think you hear a pop song and you go, that's like these three chords. Yeah. It's like, it's obvious. It's like, yeah, because this guy was able to clear his mind but he picked. of like the Pink Floyd album he was he listening picked. to earlier. Like, yeah. it's just, that's Will I Am made a career on putting spaces back in music, just dead air in between notes. That's, mm-hmm. how, that's how he made a billion dollars in like 2008. Right. Sorry, what were you going to say? I was saying, I think part of the problem nowadays is everything is like so immediately permanent that any idea that you have that you try and turn into something you assume is going to be there forever. Yeah. Because you can like, in the old days you could release, you know, albums if you're a musician or a comedian or whatever, and they could just kind of come out and then go nowhere. So if you're like, oh, well that was my first one or my first attempt at something and it, and no one appreciated it or saw it or liked it and it could disappear. But now if you do, if you put something out there, it's online forever but you know what though and i actually think so later but if you look at if you put out enough you're not going to be judged solely on two things that's exactly leonardo da vinci go to go to a da vinci exhibit and there's just papers upon papers i'm sure somebody saw this shit you know what i mean at some point right but i didn't mean to to call it shit by the way (laughs) not to to the degree now because i'm sure you know later on people were thinking like oh well when i become famous whoever that's the problem they always they see it's like no, you got to practice. Take a couple practice swings. Uh-huh. Oh, but now gro- it's like you practice in public almost. So people are more afraid to kind of like take certain risks because you do so much. You do well, see so much of the like work in progress. I like I don't like. I have a real problem with on Instagram artists put up stuff says WIP like we're, like show me when it's done, man. Yeah, yeah. or like don't like yeah. I'll don't s- show me don't show me a picture from the web series that's gonna be out in three months. There's also all these I qualifiers too that uh, like behind I notice this a lot with <laughs> figurative artists where they'll they'll put up a figure drawing right. I do this too from like when I go to a figure drawing class, and but they'll be like quick 20 minute sketch like they want to make sure you know it was only 20 minutes so that's why it's not like perfectly rendered it's like dude i don't care it's yeah. either good or not i can tell first of all it's like it's obvious that it didn't you didn't spend nine hours on it but like quick five minute or it's like shut up yeah just put it up or don't either if you like it put that's it up funny, yeah. if you don't need to like give me nine qualifiers like work in progress just try like with the hashtags that explain to me mm-hmm. all your insecurities put it up or don't you're right it's all it is insecurities yeah you know what? Who had a lot of insecurities? No. My first most influential fictitious character. What a smooth segue! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is smooth? I'm a segue. master at segues. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Oh, I, I thought that was hard. good. I was like, really? I, I thought you were going to talk about like I an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> no. I thought you were talking about an ex-girlfriend. I was like, no. this is on to something. The if way I pose anything in a question, that means I'm trying. And to. also, with your tone, it changed. Like, you know who? <laughs> I knew that. I'm like, well, okay, it sounded cool. like something you guys have talked about before, and it's like, oh, he's going to refer well, no. to. Every Angela. time I try to do that, I do it the exact same way. Right, right, right. That's funny. Um, the first one, my most influential fictitious character, mm-hmm. Charlie Brown. Really? Yeah. What okay. are you really? Are you shocked? Not that I'm not. No, shocked. yeah, totally. I'm not, I'm not saying, but it's not too surprising. But 
I mean, okay. The Explain. reason why yeah. is Charlie Brown clearly suffered from depression. <laughs> yeah, but he was still optimistic. Right. He still yeah. had like he was always kind of having trouble and like in his head too much and worrying too much and wondering too much. But he always found the like better side of it by the end. And he always like he he didn't he didn't let it get the best of him. Mm-hmm. That's what I always kind of liked from him. Is like I was like oh I kind of relate to this dude. He's sort of bummed and like can't figure things out. But he still had like his friends. He still appreciated them. He still loved the things about the experience. That you should love. Did he ever get to kick the football? No. no. Never, right? No. But yeah. he was always finding the meaning of things like Christmas and yeah. Halloween and shit. You I know? always identified with the football thing. There's a lot of... Uh, they re-released... They've been re-releasing a lot of uh, Peanuts Gang comics and yeah. color comics. Really, really good-looking cool. stuff. Yeah. I mean, Charles Schultz was a super depressed dude. And so I almost think yeah. Charlie Brown's... The character was like what he hoped he would some way feel maybe like in all the things i've read about him i watched his american masters uh he didn't seem to get much better he seemed to be a really melancholy dude i mean think about what it is to draw that particular character fifteen thousand times mm-hmm. like 15 you need to create a world yeah you he know, made like fifteen thousand of those yeah. comic strips they're brilliant but like he was not the happiest dude but like I think in a weird way Charlie Brown was him and he it was like the thing like I I'm gonna make this guy like a little bit a better version of me mm-hmm. like he's gonna find Who the do you meaning. Think Snoopy was t- to Schultz then. <sighs> I don't know. I don't want to like suppose anything. Snoopy you know, like. Snoopy was probably like the cool guy who was able to like enjoy life that Schultz couldn't understand because he was always in his head all the time. The Tyler Durden. Like dude, you just like yeah. Why do you get to have so much fun? You just walk around like being cool. God damn it. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, you're, this guy never worries about anything. Whereas, like, Charlie Brown worried about everything and everyone else all the time. Yeah. And that, I, I, I have that exact feeling about, you know, I don't know who's my Snoopy. Steven is easy. I don't know. So, like, someone who just seems to have <laughs> <What>? fun. <laughs> someone who's, like, fun and, like, doesn't worry as much as, I don't know. People yeah. that don't worry as much as me. You know, I'm I got just a like, football dude, in my car and I just want to, like, Really, I want to placehold it for you, and I'm not going to take my hand away. I just want to see you boot the thing in any direction. Yeah, just get it out, Kevin. Yeah, that'll be the cover I of your always, comedy I album. I just always like early on. I, I, my mom, my mom used to call me Pigpen, so mm. I was a real dirty kid, and but so I identified with him for a long time. Actually, I almost got a Pigpen tattoo. No way, with just because that dirt so cloud, I love the dirt that. cloud around it was so dope. Sure. It's hilarious. Blending yeah, it with yeah. some freckles. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, but I, uh, Charlie Brown. He's, I think he's a very important, like pig pen tattoo would be cool. Yeah, yeah that yeah. would be cool. Charlie Brown tattoo would be cool. Any Peanuts character tattoo would be pretty cool. Pretty much, just yeah. get the whole lines across your chest. Yeah, <laughs> a chest piece of all of them. <laughs> yeah, That'd be I've amazing. seen a lot of Snoopy tattoos. Get They're cool. Tan. A lot oh, of yeah. cool Snoopy tattoos. There's gonna be, especially now that we're all like adults, we're all gonna be getting not we, but like uh, people our age. Are going to be getting the fucking cartoon tattoos we all grew. Up. I've I've seen a lot of Mario Brothers related ones and I, Snoopy and things like that. People I know a girl with Calvin and Hobbes. Oh yeah, that's another one. That's another good one. Yeah. Another brilliant comic strip. I never read too much of that, dude. It is one of the yeah, best. They're fun. I weirdly got into Dilbert for a minute when I was like eighteen. Do you know my favorite? strip was uh was the bc the cavemen oh, i remember that loved that yeah i uh, want to do some of that it's the i loved the uh point of view of like 
everything was fresh. So mm-hmm. it was like they're experiencing everything for the first time. So it's just like, let's make sense of this from a very like, you yeah. know, yeah. bird's eye view of society. Yeah, yeah. It was a fun one. Like the uh, stranger in a strange land kind of concept. Yeah. Or someone from somewhere else yeah, showing up and seeing all this stuff for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Um, mine is, I guess I'll stick with cartoons. Okay. Bart Simpson. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. I was, the Simpsons were like, they came out and were popular at just the right time. I was at the exact right age yeah. for me to be like, that kid's my fucking hero. And he's a <laughs> yellow cartoon. Like, You're, it's not even a person. You were born in 82? 82, yeah. Yeah, I'm 83. So, yeah, same. Yeah, so we were right at that age where we were, like, rebelling a little bit, figuring that not out. Not me, not at all. But oh, really? Sure. Yeah, I wasn't oh. a rebel. Yeah, dude. but you were only, we'll like, fifth grade when it came out. Fourth, sixth no, grade? No, younger than that. No, when it came I was out. In second, I was in, like, first or second grade. Because I was in eighth grade when it came out. Well, it came out in, like, the... It, it, was, it was like 90. Initially, 90. The, yeah, 88, 89. 91's when we all accepted him into our families. I'd yeah. Say 90, I mean, 90. I had a Bartman t-shirt in eighth grade. Oh, wow. I never was able to I get it. I had a giant one. pin, too. Wow. It was a, huge. I had a t-shirt that said, cool it, dude. I never yeah. got any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eat my shorts. Did Bart? The can I fucking, ask you? Yeah. I'm not a huge... I don't know a ton about The Simpsons. Did Bart... Get the fuck out of your <laughs> own yeah, house right now. <laughs> Did Bart ever... Learn the right lesson in situations? He was did. he Okay. Yeah, there were times where he really did. He felt, you know, like he would screw over his dad or right. his sister or something to get what he wanted. And then he would feel bad. But, okay. like, it's still The Simpsons where no one ever ages and nothing removes. So, like, the next week he would just be getting into trouble again. Right. But, yeah, th- that's what was kind of cool about that cartoon is that, like, A, it was super smart and, like, made for adults. But it's yeah. also, it, it would appeal to children. And there were still, like you know, lessons kind of to be learned. It wasn't just, you know, the the only part of it where there weren't any and it was kind of brilliant were the itchy and scratchy cartoons. That was the cartoons, watching cartoons yeah. be the cartoon parents thought The Simpsons was, where it's just like blood and gore. No one learns anything. They're just beating each other up and destroying yeah. each other. Um, those were amazing. I can't believe you never got into The Simpsons. I mean, I did. I've watched a lot of it, but not in the same way other people did. Yeah, like it was never. There was like a. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know why. I don't. I'm. It's weird. I watched so much TV <laughs> when I was like a kid. Kid. Uh huh. I mean, I've seen every Three's Company twenty times. Every Family Ties a million times. Like yeah. I watched so much TV, but I don't know what happened where I just sort of stopped. Maybe in. Like, high school, I stopped having, like, shows that I watched on a regular basis. The last thing I can remember watching on a regular basis is, like, 30-something. But by high school, there had been so many Simpsons episodes already. I know, but that whole time, I just old. don't... I just don't... Yeah. <laughs> I just don't remember watching that stuff. I, I remember watching, like, SNL and In Living Color, but, yeah. like, I didn't watch... Like, I think... I never watched anything regularly. Like, oh, I got to make sure I watch Married with Children. I would watch it when it, if See, I saw that it. that show and The Simpsons, I was not allowed to watch when I was okay. younger. Like, those are bad influences. That Bart Simpson kid and Al Bundy yeah. are like, you're not allowed. So then I wanted to watch them more than fucking ever. Yeah. And I, finally, I was able to. I saw them all, but like, it wasn't a thing to where I was like, oh, this is my show. I tried to make a slingshot once. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to be like Bart Simpson, man. I'm going to have a fucking slingshot. I'm going to carry it in my back pocket just like him. Not easy to make. <laughs> First <laughs> gotta, of all, you got to find a piece of wood that is shaped yeah. like that. All, that alone is impossible. Eventually, they started selling variations like at the local toy store or whatever. But 
they would be like the good ones were really expensive. Especially well, they, when they were, and they would they would wrap around your wrist. Yeah, and that was arm like the rubber. Yeah, those, those yeah, were that. and yeah, those were to shoot like beads. You could kill a bird. But I'm talking about the actual <laughs> slingshots that look like cartoon. Yeah, like I the, had the, yeah, the, the Y shaped. Yeah. I had one of those that I think I got like on vacation, like up in New Hampshire when mm-hmm. I was a kid, and and they were great. Yeah, it yeah. was like a legit. Yeah, they, they, they were, split the wood, then uh-huh. they heat it in like water, then they slowly bend it, and then they give yeah. it like a finish. But they were like the good ones were so expensive, especially if you're a kid. You're like twenty bucks or whatever yeah. the hell. And it also, was. what are you gonna shoot? Yeah, without <laughs> going to like juvie, <laughs> like, right? Well, you're also gonna instantly realize you suck at it. Like it's not <laughs> yeah. a, it's not a like good technology. The slingshot. <laughs> yeah, it's something a <laughs> cartoon character game. used. Yeah. To, yeah, it's really great. It, it was it was a great choice though for like what's this kid gonna have as this yeah. like you it know. was it was very Dennis the Menace. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Dennis the Menace. I like that cartoon. See, I never watched too much of that the one. one with the back to back. It was like two yeah. fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was early. Heathcliff was on right after it when I was growing up. I related to Lisa on The Simpsons. Of course you did. I just was like, yeah, she, I like Lisa. That's funny. She's begging to be graded because school's canceled. She's like, grade me! Right. <laughs> I went from Bart to Homer. Not relating we to all it, but just, did, though. Yeah, the favorite. We all did. That's I, what I America remember, did. I remember when that was like a thing where people were like, so yeah, like now they're saying that Homer's bigger than Bart. And uh-huh. then like, yeah, he took over. Well, yeah, the, they had a Homer, <laughs> Homer Palooza or Homer Month. On The Simpsons, where every episode was about like that was when the when you knew the turn was for real. You're like, what? Well, they're doing a Homer month on The yeah. Simpsons, but the problem was he he kept getting so much dumber because they would just play on the fact that oh Homer's an idiot and it's hilarious. He was getting so stupid at some point. You're yeah, like, it was great. Those were like that's I mean that's like the Conan O'Brien years. Like Homer goes to college. Yeah, like even when he, fights, when he fights George Bush in the tunnel. Uh huh. And he like runs up the side of the tunnel and yeah, drops yeah, yeah. on him. Like those are like. Oh, you speak that. French garage. What do you call your garage? Car hole. <laughs> <laughs> or when he sees a sign that says Jim and he pronounced he goes Ari just quoted that. He uh, goes, Gime. <laughs> oh yeah. Gime. <laughs> Ari just quoted that exact same really? thing on his podcast I was listening to this morning, the dyslexia one that's hilarious. Yeah. It's that yeah. confident stupidity. That was yeah. like he really pioneered that like no. Homer, yeah. you're not going to stock Lenny and Carl, are you? No. I'm going to <laughs> stop Lenny and Carl. Like, how did that get best. through the writing process? Like, no, just have him say it again, but wrong. Like, yeah, you know, just I've, slowly. <laughs> I've been saying this. The Simpsons are great. And if people don't start watching them, one day you're going to wake up and you're going to want to watch The Simpsons on Sunday night. Or you're just going to be like, I haven't seen a commercial for The Simpsons. I miss it, even though I'm not watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just and part it's of good again because the kids, the writers now, I have to assume, know that it was terrible for so long. They're, they don't. Maybe, they don't. Yeah. Like, we know something they don't know. Obviously, they know. And it's like guys our age who grew up with. And I'll refer to them as the Kono Brand years, even though I'm sure there are a lot of other talented writers. Of but course, yeah. Seasons like six, seven, eight, nine, whatever it was that was. The I always watch. I mean, I haven't. It hasn't happened in maybe a year. But every time I'm at the Fox lot, there's one public restroom I really like because it's super clean. <laughs> And it's next to the Simpsons. One of their writers' rooms. They have like a their staff has like twenty, but I think they split them in half. And one of the rooms, I always walk by it, and there's a window you can look in. And every time I've looked in, it's like ten forty-five-year-old white men sitting in silence, and they all look so unhappy. Yeah, because sure I that's a hard job to fucking 
Right on, man. It's got to be one of the hardest. Yeah. Well, they run out of story ideas. I think they said something like if you called a number, somebody I'm sure knows, but if you called a number, wrote in a story idea, then they were like, yeah, we'll use it or something. I don't know if they left a number in one of the episodes. I don't know. I don't remember. Star Trek, the next generation had an open script policy. It was one of the only shows that had like an active open script policy. Where you could like they let their fans submit episode That's scripts. Cool. I don't know if they used them or not, or used any, but they had like an open policy. That what a great fan base to do it though. Oh, you know, those yeah. are the guys that are they know more thinking, about they're meditating on that all day. Yeah. Yeah. They know more information than like than even the people that created the show would remember. They'd be like, I don't know what happened in episode four oh one. Yeah, the writers are too busy writing it. <laughs> yeah, they don't yeah, have time yeah. to obsess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's your number one? Or first um, one? Go with These, the cartoons. Uh Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found that one interesting when you told me initially. So I grew up heavily on Disney. Me and my brother, who's three years older than me, we'd watch a lot of Disney growing up, like old school Disney where they'd scare you a little bit. They'd yeah. It was like Return to Oz, The Labyrinth, yeah. uh, oh, and the old cartoons, everything. So it was really, really great. Uh, so I was obsessed with Disney in general. And then Roger Rabbit is just a very specific representation of cartoons and tunes in general mm-hmm. uh so number one he was goofy uh and kind of like the charlie brown thing where no i mean he did have that one scene where he was crying but uh yeah it was just like this positive attitude no matter what was going on uh the line i think that uh is a way of life that i definitely took in <laughs> was when uh he's handcuffed to eddie valiant and it's an uh, inconvenience. The weasels come over. Kevin, have you seen this movie? Yeah, it's been a really okay. Long all right, time. I just I don't know. I don't want to get too detailed. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so he finally gets to the bar and he's in the back room and they're still handcuffed and Eddie's about to like saw off these handcuffs. They've been in them for like however long. Yeah, <laughs> and so he goes sit still, and Roger goes like this, and he slips his hand out of the handcuff. Yeah. And Eddie Valiant looks at him and he goes, you mean you could have taken your hand out of those cuffs at any time? Roger goes, not any time, only when it was funny. <laughs> and I was just like, blew my mind That's a as great like a line, six-year-old. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, stick with the funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it was just uh, a great... Wrote, like, was that a Disney film? It was a book. It was a book. Uh, who murdered Rob... Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Right. I can't remember the original name. Um, I'm blanking, but... Uh, then it and then you know got turned into a, a film. It's a Zemeck, great Robert movie. Zemeckis. Uh, oh, okay, and actually, animation-wise, a very interesting thing. Uh, so there's that that scene actually. Eddie keeps bumping his head on on this lamp that's swinging uh-huh. above, and so for that scene, they're both sitting down and the lamp's still swinging, and the animators want the extra distance to like perfectly have the shadow of the light the light come across and and ha- go across. Roger's head like perfectly so it was like this shadow animated on and then like Michael Eisner would refer to that at like conferences like that's the extra distance that our Disney animators yeah. go so when they say go the extra distance now they say shade the lamp is an expression oh, oh that's where that came from wow. you've heard shade the lamp no no oh. but like <laughs> it's just funny when I hear like phrases like that and then the origin story yeah, behind yeah. it yeah. I mean yeah. they're not fucking around over there they're serious. That Pixar is like that. Pixar to me is like you know, they're like that for story. Pixar yeah, but, uh, goes everything, but everything visual. I've never story. seen a Pixar movie. Every single second, it has 
something interesting and clever in it. It's just mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watch those movies in awe, just like, man, these were worked on. These yeah. were worked on so hard. Mm-hmm. Everything's just inter- Each one everything's takes interesting. Like years and years. It's insane. It's just that formula of if we're going to show something, it better have meaning. But yeah. it can't just be delivered as meaning. It better also be entertaining. Yeah. And it's like that. So, well, if we affect something here on page 12, it's going to change something, you know, on page 42. Mm-hmm. And it's just they're constantly finding that uh, that balance. I saw that movie Big Hero 6 last night. Is it good? Needed a rewrite. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, it was just it. It wasn't it wasn't great. It really it's not Pixar great. though. No, it's Disney. Just straight Disney. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Disney's not as like consistent with their animation as Pixar. No, Disney. You've seen Waking Sleeping Beauty. No, you've seen that. Mm-mm. Oh my God! It's, What's that? Uh, what is that? It's it's one of the most amazing documentaries on Disney I've ever seen. Oh, cool! It's about uh, the glory days of Disney animation. Uh, so back when everyone really was doing coke and fucking models. Uh, no, <laughs> all these even. animators so are like Brad Bird, the guy who was responsible for a million reasons why Pixar's mm-hmm. where it is. And worked on The Simpsons. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, he... Uh, what the hell was I talking about? I'm just blind. But, uh, the heyday. Oh, the heyday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So uh, he um, he's involved in this, but uh, yeah, it just talks about like uh, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and just goes through and talks about and the business, what was going on and different egos. But it's a really great documentary. Waking, Waking Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Okay. Um, Is that on Netflix? You know, it's not. Uh, I'll find it. Yeah. Very cool. I didn't even know about that. That would be cool Waking to watch. Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, so yeah. cool. Yeah. They were making that shit like right over there. Two blocks over. Yeah, that's really? weird, right? On the way to Gelson's, the little weird apartment complex with the cottages, that's where like the inkers were. Like the women that would fill in the f- cells and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's insane. First studio was Gelson's. Was that, where the Gelson's The Gelson's. Is. The old Disney. Old, yeah, old the, Disney, his yeah. first big studio that he built was the where Gelson's is now. Yeah. What, kind of, what was this neighborhood like back then in the 50s, I wonder? It was just hills. It was pretty empty, I think. It was houses, like, you know, all the little craftsmen. Because he, he originally lived, his uncle lived on um, Kingswell. Right. Which is right, oh, right, right off yeah. Vermont. He lived about two blocks east of Vermont. There's a little copy shop. Like a copy Yeah, that was his very shop. first office. There's like all these pictures of old Disney stuff. But his there. uncle lived like two blocks away and he set up a camera in the garage of a little, there's a little like craftsman on, on, on Kingswell. Yeah. And uh, it was, I think it was just the little rows like that, like rows of small houses is what this neighborhood was. But I meant like the, the community or the culture. Because I know before, right before it was gentrified, now it was like kind of rough. So I wonder what it was like in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Just, there's just like less of everything. I've seen pictures. I know the cottages you're talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was just, there's just like less of everything. Well, at, one, at one point, you Los Feliz... distances because there's less buildings. Yeah. Right, yeah. At one point, Los Feliz was like kind of where the movie stars lived, like up in the hills. Right. Because there was like a big... There was the Disney studio. Then there was that ABC studio right down there yeah. where now they film like General Hospital and Grey's Anatomy. But then all the studios started moving. So all the rich people, Sorry, and Burnham. they all like moved west, like right. just farther west. So I think this became it. it, it this neighborhood went down. Well, yeah, the center of Hollywood went that way. Yeah, but, like all these celebrities would live down uh, where all those old Victorian homes that you drive yeah. by that are near USC and all that area that still look really nice. Yeah. Like a lot of famous uh, people back then used to live all over there, which is like fascinating to think. 
I yeah. think the farthest west the the studios went at that time was like Paramount. So like, right. you know, even if if that was like the f- f- most western like lot, this would have been like a nice neighborhood you lived in and commuted to work like fifteen minutes or yeah. ten minutes or whatever. If you didn't already live in like Beverly Hills. Yeah. It's funny you said yeah. about the women doing the inking. Uh, there was, ton- I mean, they weren't all trained artists, but they were by the end. They were experts oh, yeah. at what they did. There's uh, another fact about just like women not getting credit back in the day. Do you know how many scripts were written by women who were secretaries, who were the producers like Harry Kahn and like... Uh, uh, Jack Warner, some of the guys like those, they'd walk into the office and they'd be like, Mary, uh, you know, write uh, 20 pages. The housewife yeah. comes home. She gets yeah. mad at the husband and then she'd have to, and he's like, no, 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 have her do this. And like these things ended up in movies. Wow. And they'd get no credit. I mean, because yeah. there was no, at, they'd get no credit, but it was also because there was no system of that in that particular. Right. It's just uh, probably phenomenon. like that's one of the secretary's duties. Like fill in these blanks for me. And then they didn't yeah, sure, ton, tons of like, stuff. Like, yeah, that. as opposed so to like shitty. you should have gotten ten grand for a punch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your next one when you're done texting? Um, it is Andy <laughs> Dufresne from Shawshank Redemption. Okay, I uh, just saw that movie for the first time within a year ago. Yeah, which is weird. I was a late bloomer with that one too. Yeah, yeah. Amazing I saw, film. I, yeah, I love that movie. But I here's in the film he's. He's convicted wrongfully. He's innocent, but he he kind of like finds not like peace, but he's like, all right, this is where my life is at. <laughs> he makes the best of the situation he is in until he can figure a way out of it. He's not like he he in a weird way doesn't let himself get as bitter as a lot of people would get, and he like uses his brain. He uses the skills he has to slowly work his way out of the situation that he found himself in, as opposed to just let like the anger of the situation like overtake him. Because well, he uh, he always had he still had hope. Yeah, he still had hope. He didn't let he 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 held on to hope in a situation I think a lot of people wouldn't. Yeah, and I always he would think I'm going to dig my way out of this prison. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't. Okay, I haven't seen the movie in a long time. Wait, and he's one of your <laughs> influences. Well, it's it's been my favorite. I mean, I love that. Every time someone's like, "What's your favorite movie?" I'll sit and think for a while. Yeah, and that one always comes up on my list more often than any other one. Yeah, but like, did in the I forget, and I haven't read the book. But does he decide to start getting out? When does he start digging? Is it when the is it when the war he realizes the warden's not going to help him when when he realizes th- there was like a guy a wit another witness or whatever? I think it was even before that because it's when he asked for the picture that he put up. Okay, over yeah, over the. I have to rewatch it to get the chronology right. Because then they go back. They they do like uh, flashbacks or whatever to him walking around. Like, why does he walk around in the yard all by himself? And he was dumping Dumping dirt out of his pants or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had he had started the plan way way early, a lot earlier than you think when you're just watching it. For the first time, the actress in that picture was Rita Hayworth. The original story was Rita Hayworth in the Shawshank Redemption, written by Stephen King. Yeah. Um, he oh. has Stephen King has an open policy that you can adapt. He'll let anybody adapt any of his short stories into features if they can get them made. Wow, for like a dollar or something. But when he locks the the doors and plays the music, I love that part. Yeah, he just like I don't want to watch that again. It was re- it's kind of depressing for a while, like in the beginning. A lot of it's depressing like, a lot of the way through. 
The guy gets out. He, he's so freaked out. He, doesn't, he has to ask the guy when to piss. Like, you see what that does? To, like, I know. whole thing. It's not... I mean, even the victory at the end is like, well, guy's still got a dead wife, and he has to, like... Right. His only victory is this boat, but he's still living on the lamb like, the rest but of his life. But everything that he could control, he won. Like, he can't control his wife yeah. dying. So, I know what you're saying. There's still that tragedy but that's always going to be there yeah he, he was able to control he made the bet he made it's like he's like charlie brown he made the best of like the really awful situation he found himself in yeah and he did it by like just using his brain he was smart and that's what he i think he realized he had he's like all right i'm smart i'll get this guard to like me by helping him with this prize he won tax wise and you know and then i'll become useful and then that's how i'll get what i want which yeah, is i'll escaping. earn trust and yeah. then i'll manipulate my way out of this fucking jail yeah with a spoon or <laughs> whatever the fuck he did it what was he digging with it was a spoon i believe yeah something like that it was like a Wasn't small it? spoon either that or i'm thinking of east oh no no no, no. no. He, it was that tiny hammer that he got for carving the chess pieces right that's yeah. right that's right yeah, yeah that movie was fascinating when i wa- it was one of those movies where i watched it, i go how the fuck did I not watch this before? Yeah, no, that like, movie. What the hell was I waiting for? Yeah, I don't know. And the uh, and and the way he talks too, like he's such a like he's like kind of soft spoken and smart. Like the way he was funny in the movie, just he was like I don't know. He seemed really contained and able to. You know, he only snaps when he finds out the fucking word is not going to help him yeah, prove yeah. his innocence. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, um, I guess now I'll do a movie one. Okay. I didn't, I, these are not in any particular order, right? Yeah, no. For not for me. I, you just did a cartoon. I'm like, I, I got a cartoon. Only I'll presentation, do that. not important. So it's like unfolding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, these these have no. I couldn't even also settle on three. We're doing like three. I was oh, I like, know. I only have two. I had to pick it. Th- yeah. It was you. You had yours so quickly when we when discussed I, it. That's like I'm like, you got to come do this. Well, yeah, because it's just like I said. I I like the lists you guys do mm. and the audience experience. And then for some reason it just popped in my head. Oh, they should do that. And then you're kind enough to invite me. Oh yeah, because you were. But like, they were right in my head. I was just because those are those. They're based on my three favorite movies. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, mine sort of. Yeah, mine. The first one is based on my favorite TV show, and my second one's based on one of my favorite movies. Tyler Durden would be number mm-hmm. two. Okay. Wow. Because that was like pure, uncontrolled, unbridled, like id, ego. All of that was just unfiltered do what you feel freedom from everything which like when you see a character do something like that because you're like there's no human that's like that and to be able to like be that person like the coolest at all times the most desirable the smartest three steps ahead of the game when it came to everything and then when you find out like oh he wasn't fucking real to begin with (laughs) like of course that's what it is but you know what what we were talking about during our short break He's like, he's what like, short break? <laughs> they didn't know. He was kind of like an intellectual wild man. Mm-hmm. Hunter Thompson's kind of like that, sorta. Yes, very yeah. br- obviously a brilliant, brilliant person. Right, but lived life on his own set of rules all the time, and and a set of rules that made a lot of people uncomfortable, and a, and didn't necessarily right. fit into societal norms. I mean, I could see how that character was sort of based off of hunter s thompson and like a couple of other people i assume but he was like i mean he was so i mean he had like that and more though so how did he influence you what would you how would you say he influenced me like remember that car scene 
where he was just like where where they took the seatbelts off. Sure, when he was threatening and, to murder everybody in the car. Yeah, with him. and he was <laughs> like, uh, he was like, you just gotta let go. He's like, you got to stop trying to fucking control everything and just let go. And then they crash into that fucking, uh, all those like drums. And then they go over the side of the thing and then they end up living. But like moments like that where you're like, you you always think you have control over everything or want to assert more control over your life and where it's heading. But like someone like that who just is play the next day how it comes don't abide by any rules make your own rules so on and so forth was like there was a lot to take from someone like that not be like him 100 percent, obviously because you can't because <laughs> you didn't want to wear a fur coat with shorts i you know i wanted to find that red leather jacket for years yeah you i was did. like i gotta fucking you know there's a website i saw an advertisement there's a website that sells jackets all replicas of jackets and movies. So every like cool jacket that's ever been in a movie, wow, you can buy it from this place. That's and it's cool. Just, yeah, it's cool if you get the one that everybody's not like what. But I'm pretty sure they had that. Oh, I bet they did. Yeah. You have a question? Kevin? I <laughs> think I have a comment. Your next tattoo? No. Tyler Durden's head, Snoopy's body. <laughs> well, it is interesting that you picked Charlie Brown, and like I said, I started to say the Tyler Durden. I didn't know yours was going to be yeah. Tyler Durden. The Tyler Durden of Peanuts is, is Snoopy, and and then yeah. So is your side note: Charles like, no, Schultz hated that they were called Peanuts. That was not his idea. He thought it was stupid. Oh wow! Yeah, and Snoopy wasn't supposed. His, uh, his name wasn't supposed to be Snoopy originally. It was like Zippy or something like that. It's like Tyler Durden was like the the rock star in everyone that like you knew was in there and sure. you wanted to let out and be fucking cool and say what you want and get all the girls. And it was all these things I never had or was or thought that you could even be when you were a kid. So you'd watch that movie and you're like, dude, that's the coolest guy in the fucking world. Yeah. 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 And it really made me like, it was like, be, be cooler, be like that. You know what would have been to it. so interesting is if they had a less attractive person play him. Like, how would that have gone? But that wasn't the point of the character. No, yeah. I know. It was like yeah. so because he ended up to be a figment of his imagination, but like... He had to be the the, the, the superlative. The perfect, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Brad Pitt's a good-looking guy. Not In that movie, we would say not His body was insane in that movie. It was crazy. That changed, like, that changed the way men thought of what In Shape was. I think you might have said that on the podcast before. Yeah, I saw... Yeah. It, that, his, the shape he was in in yeah. that movie was like... I think women were like, oh, dudes can look like that. Like the last, you know what's interesting? The only body I could think of that looked like good in a movie is John Travolta in the second Saturday Night Fever. That's hilarious. Staying alive. Staying alive. He gets in the Directed by? Robert Zemeckis? No, no. Sylvester Stallone. Oh, oh. oh. shut up. Wow. <laughs> Weird. That's crazy. So, music, but, by, music by? Sylvester Stallone. Frank no. Stallone. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Brad Pitt was like, he was really in shape, but it was like, he wasn't like huge bodybuilder no. muscular. It was like this lean, yeah. like fucking cool. Yeah. It was just like he was the coolest. He was the coolest. I mean, that's the reason. The hair, the glass, like the whole thing. You were like, that he is. even the- had a business card for no fucking reason. Yeah, the soap company. <laughs> when did that soap movie? Cool. When did that 1999. movie? 1999. Which part of the renaissance of great filmmaking. Yeah, The Matrix came out I that year. I say everything from Pulp Fiction yeah. to. Whatever it ended in. Pulp 90, Fiction. I was 99. a junior in high school, so that had been like ninety four. But you had Rounders. You yeah. had Rounders uh, was good. You had um, Dark City, which yeah. is kind of an off. That's Great kind of movie. Off the, but all those all those movies that came out, uh, Big Lebowski, 98, The Usual Suspects. 
Um, somewhere in there. I and Fight Club, but I always put all those movies in. Like, dude, when I was in high school, going to the movies every weekend, we I just th- oh thought oh all movies are always going to be great. I had no yeah. idea that I was living. I wish some, I like, had my movies of all time. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I had my art school <laughs> ID card because I definitely copied his haircut. Who my Brad Pitt? Oh, yeah. Like my I, my art school ID card. I have that exact haircut because at the time. That's what the haircut like every dude was trying yeah. to have. I was like, I have blonde hair. It's perfect. Yeah. There was always like, you know, a lot of movies have a character that's the coolest at this one thing. But that character was the coolest everything. Yeah. And you were just like, I got to I want to be like that. That's a thing you could be. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, he's just insane. <laughs> <laughs> but I, lo- I loved it, too. That's one of my favorite movies still of all time. I watch it at least a couple times a year. You should hand out business cards of very thinly sliced pieces of soap right. with your information. <laughs> People are like, well, where's it going to go? It's like, hey, we're all dust in the wind. Some, you know, some yeah. type of metaphor for the fact that they're... Title like, sequence for Fight Club by Kyle Cooper. Isn't that a Kansas song? Who sings that? Dust in the Winds, Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great or song. Or Soap in the Water. But yeah. <laughs> in this case. <laughs> I should do a what? What? No, I said t- the title sequence for Fight Club was really rad. Oh, yeah. The Dust Brothers doing the score was amazing. It yeah. was, dude, that's, that's, that's the an guy who did those movie. titles did the, the titles for Seven, which were brilliant. So uh-huh. another And uh, Donnie yeah. Brasco. Really great title designer. I don't remember if I saw Donnie Brasco. I don't know if I did. But Seven was a great one. That was in the nineties too. All those movies yeah. were so good. Boogie yeah. Nights. Uh-huh. Like those are the movies that Boogie Nights is so good. Those are it's the movies amazing. that made you me, anyways, because I was you know just getting my license. Like those are the movies that made me feel like going out would be a good time. Yeah. No, not, not that I didn't. I had opposite views, but just just driving around at night. It was romanticized in all these movies that there was like this night going on. And my favorite genre of films like noir, and I think that a lot of it comes from having a huge respect for like adapted Raymond Chandler movies in the 40s and then also like Boogie Nights. You know what I mean? Right. Very different in one sense, but really the same thing. Like LA Confidential. Another like one. I have every ticket movie. stub from the movies since Dude, LA, since LA, since LA Confidential. I saved ticket stubs from back then too. I have I have every, I it's 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 I've got almost uh, there's got to be over a thousand now. Oh, that's a lot. I probably have maybe a hundred, maybe because I didn't I didn't go to a lot. Of, like I went to every movie I could. We would sneak into a lot because just money. So like. There's some that I saw I don't have the stub to because sure. we just we figured out a way. I'm the, missing like three because of Gerard because he he'll buy them online okay. and then you got to go after him. Be like, can you print them out? And they're like, well, you already saw the movie. I'm like, yeah, oh, but I save them. them. I got to explain to them. Up till now. Oh, oh yeah. that's why you have a thousand. Okay. Oh yeah, and I'd go to the movies like twice a week, and I didn't do anything in high school besides so go to the movies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We we're nerds. We would <laughs> real nerds though. <laughs> yeah. Not Did the you fake play kind. Warcraft and Starcraft? No, no, no. no. But so we, you but weren't. We, no, no, no. But. Read a lot of Star Wars books. Right. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> that, that counts. That, that counts. counts. Um, so Tyler Durden. How yeah. was yours? What's yours? Uh, we'll go to the Star Wars books. Uh, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. Now, somebody say that might be cheating. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Uncle Owen. And <laughs> The Luke Skywalker is obviously the epitome of the I'm destined for greater things. Mm-hmm. Hero's journey. That's like, you know, I mean, every kid loves that. Han Solo is the, I am going to be fine no matter where I am. I've got something for everything. Luke yeah. was probably a little more whiny 
you know? Oh, yeah. And he wasn't very whiny. I think, you know, uh, we'd all Only be whiny. Only in the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, a little bit in the second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole, like, that's impossible. Oh, yeah. That whole scene was just, like, it's a little rough to watch. He'd been in a terrible motorcycle accident between films. He had, films I know, yeah. But he looked great by Jedi. So specifically, Return of the Jedi is my favorite of the Star Wars movies. But, uh, yeah, man, Luke Skywalker steps up. You know, Dark Side's right there, says, see you later. Yeah. And I always always liked it, too, because it was like, I don't, you know, take the easy road. Right. You know? It's a lot harder to not join dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get into the family business. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, not that I had any issues there, uh, but but I liked how he honored his father in the end. I lo- My favorite scene's the end where, like, you know, he's burning the body, and then he sees the, the three spirits four spirits it's just a great movie luke skywalker journey beginning to end yeah and then again han solo's got its vehicle i believe in you know certain things of strong identity i've been driving the same car since high school by choice uh-huh. uh it's a 95 jeep i respect that <laughs> and i and it's like that's my yeah. falcon man i've been cruising around have you seen the movie john wick uh no you gotta watch you if just for the car thing alone I think you'd really like it. Sure. It's a great action movie. I heard movie. good things. Yeah, it's yeah. a great action movie. Um, but yeah, Han Solo, of course. But then, He's you know. definitely super cool, man. He was cool. Yeah. I didn't... Yeah, it's funny. I never looked at Luke as cool to like the world, mm-hmm. you know? It always just felt like... Because yeah. he was like underdog cool. Yeah, it wasn't like nobody that. was watching. Nobody was really paying attention to uh, to him at all. Yeah. Even throughout the movie, he wasn't like, like star athlete cool. He was like Rudy cool. Yeah, you know what I mean. I remember just thinking they were both cool, but not understanding the distinction. Like I was like, oh, like in my head, it was like, well, the only reason she can't be with Luke Skywalker is because they're related. Like that to me right. was like, whereas clearly any woman picks Han Solo over Luke Skywalker. Sure. Yeah. But like I just remember being like, they're both really cool, but Luke has a. To me, it was like Luke has a lightsaber. So that was cool. And Luke was a Jedi. So you couldn't, even though he was like smaller or whatever, he was a Jedi yeah. and you can't beat Jedi. And he also had to figure it out all by himself. Like there's a cut scene from Return of the Jedi where uh, they actually did shoot it where he's in Obi-Wan's hut on Tatooine going through books and he's figuring out how to make a lightsaber. Oh. Like that... I mean, there that, is that like the responsibility of someone coming and be like, you have to save us all. And you're like, I don't want to. You're like, Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> and also my favorite, probably one of my favorite lines, uh, besides I am a Jedi like my father before me, is Han Solo. They're on Endor. And they're just uh, outside of the, the base on the moon. They got to get the reactor shield down. And Han Solo says to Luke and Leia, he goes... He goes, yeah, he goes, Chewie and I, th- I'll take care of them. And, and Luke says, hey, be quiet. There might be more of them. And Han just turns and looks at him and he goes, hey, it's me. Bam, right there. Like, hey, it's me. I love that attitude. Like, like yeah, like, be careful. Hey, it's me. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, that was always my favorite line. My favorite Han Solo line is when Leia's like, I love you. And he goes, I know. I know. <laughs> Harrison, Ford's, uh, Harrison Ford's decision. I he know. was like, he'd never say I love you. He said, I know. <laughs> try saying that to a girl she's like you dick it's like you don't get it yeah. <laughs> I'm establishing something greater than the cliche here right <laughs> by ripping off this famous line <laughs> right, right that's great that's a good one we can count that as one yeah. it's just very hard 
to pick one. I got sure. I'm sure, a yeah. Pisces. That's my excuse. I got. I can't argue both sides. I can argue both sides. Okay. I really like Yoda. Like I really liked Yoda. Yeah, Yoda was great. Boba Fett too, man. My brother was obsessed with Boba Fett. Man, I got a Boba Fett Pez dispenser. Yeah. Like sitting yeah. on the desk. I got a butt. It's just yeah. When Boba Fett died in Jedi, my brother wept. Wow. Like in the theater. Was he mad that he went out like a I was punk? always a Darth Vader guy. Really? Yeah. yeah. Not myself. Not at all. Darth Vader didn't look, even though he was like better, he didn't, because of like his outfit to me, I was like, yeah, you're not that rad with a lightsaber, where he clearly was. Not very agile. Yeah. I wanted to, I was really into ninjas, so like just the, the I like fighting the look, part. The voice. But I was always one of those people that would watch a movie and like root for the bad guy, and then when the bad guy would die, I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> but then in the end, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad the good guy won. But I, I don't know. I like the anti hero thing a lot, I guess. Mm-hmm. I was always for that. But in the end, he does. Because you knew a good the guy. fucking good guy was going to win. That's what was annoying about movies when I was growing up. I was I'm a like, dumbass kid. I had no idea who was going to win. I was like, "What's going to happen?" Just tell you something. You could tell me that they're going to win. It's like I'm emotionally invested. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in. So it's like I, you still got to go through it. It's like, hey, you're going to survive this, uh, you know, treatment for this disease. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be a roller coaster, even if you know you're going to survive. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, terrible analogy. (laughs) 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 Like either way, you got to go through it. Right. Yeah. All right. Number three, Fast Eddie Felson. Who's that? Love it. He's from The Hustler, and it's Paul Newman. Okay. He play in. He plays him in The Hustler, but also in The Color of Money. Now I. I, Oh, Nick, you would love him. I know. I've 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 been told. I want to watch them specifically. I am picking Eddie Felson from Color of Money. Which many would say is the less good film. It's still fucking great. But what I like about him in that film is he made a lot of mistakes as young Fast Eddie Felson. Someone fucking died. Like things did not go well. And but he's older and like wiser. He dressed cool as shit. He's still How do you dress in color of money. Color of money, it's all like Blazers. Perfect. It's now nah, it's blazers, but it's like he did this. He had his like sweater with a collared shirt underneath game with these perfect slacks. Sure, like the, he looked so fucking cool. Oh, he had a really nice Rolex, like a simple one. He looked. He just and he had those like he's the only person that's ever looked good in half tinted sunglasses, like transitional level. Right. Like he he's just so wise. He's Han Solo. Which he's like, dude, just just fucking listen to me, kid. I've got this figured out, and he's. In the movie, he's going to be like a shepherd to Tom Cruise's character. Like, you're, I'm going to take all my mistakes and make you what I should have been. But then halfway through, he's like, but wait a minute. There's a, there's a little fight left in me still. And he decides, like, no, no. And at the end, at the end, you know, he's like, he's like Tom Cruise was going to do when I kick your ass. He's like, pick myself off the ground, make you do it again. And you're like, fuck, you're so fucking badass. And he's just, but he's like, but guess what, kid? He's like, I'm fucking back. Boom. And then it's just like. Uh, he's I so like, cool in that movie. I like because usually that character where the guy who's been through it before just wants the the next generation to pick up where he left off. And he's like, listen, I can help you avoid all this. But then again, it's like, no, the character's still going to go have his fun. So he's just like, let him make his mistakes. In yeah. that movie, it wasn't annoying. Nah. You know, it wasn't like, just shut up, old man. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, in that, it was like... All right, he's not telling. He's not telling you because he he wasn't on Tom Cruise's ass about everything. It was just the basic. Yeah, you know when Tom Cruise takes like the dope pool cue and goes to the place and like makes a big scene, and it fe- Eddie Felson just walks in. He stands next to his friend who's seen it all too, and he's like, "God damn it!" And his friend's like, yeah. "This kid's fucking up." He's like, "This kid could have ran this whole room by doing what you listen to," and he just shakes his head like, "Man." 
the the guy who ran the pool hall, you know, the black actor. I did a commercial with that dude. Oh, nice. Guy was the fucking coolest. And there was some actor who'd never heard of that movie. And someone goes, "What's the color of money?" And he goes, "It's a fantastic movie that I was in." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, that movie... And the, uh, the cinematography in that movie is otherworldly. Scorsese yeah. directed. Otherworldly. Yeah. Like fucking point of view shots on the pool tables. Oh, that's a Scorsese film? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't even know that. It was kind of like a big deal at the time because The Hustler was a, you know, Iconic. an established movie. And then right. it's like, now we're going to get Paul Newman, who's probably in his early 70s at that point, late late 60s, early 70s. And you know how do, how, do you, how are you going to make him? It was really ballsy to do it. It was yeah. really kind of people were kind of like pissed, like who does Scorsese think he is? And he was like, "Well, I'll show you." Right, yeah. right. And also Paul Newman, who was very uh, specific with his choices yeah. acting wise, especially by that point, he's signing on. Paul Newman, I got to tell you, great looking guy, aged. I don't say he didn't age well, but he he he's a guy that like looks different, not quite Mickey Mickey Rourke, but like. He looks different. That mustache that he was like rocking yeah. towards the end. I don't it's think not like I Harrison mean, Ford, where Harrison Ford looks the same, only older. Like Harrison Ford looks, he looks like he got work done, though. Oh, he did. He's got a Whereas lot. I don't of work think done. Paul Newman got I work mean, done. Like Harrison Ford, like 10 and Paul years Newman, ago. like he seemed to be Paul Newman, pretty active, like raced cars and shit like sure. that. Like also, no joke. A ton of cigarettes. Yeah. No joke. Great lemonade. Yeah, for real. A ton of the sugar. It's great. Ton of also, sugar, but it's really good. Yeah. Loaded with sugar. Yeah. All he did was like wear this one Rolex he liked, and then it became the most expensive yeah, one right? you can buy in the world. <laughs> like literally, that they call it the Paul Newman Rolex. You guys talked about that on the watch issue. The Newman Daytona. It's yeah. just we've never had a watch. We've never episode. had, but he just will go on tangents. I for can't a while. help it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how cool dude was. He was just like, oh, Gave all I that like money, this one. All that money, all the sauce, the lemonade, yeah. everything sold, all the products, all went to charity. That's great. Sundance. And then I was telling him That's before, Robert Redford. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, well, he was no, he was in Sundance Kid. No, no. no I, no, thought, oh, I, oh, oh, oh. I think Paul Newman, I always sometimes think Paul Newman founded the Sundance Film Festival. That's funny. Redford. Uh, also, the soundtrack, Kenyon Hopkins to The Hustler. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Put that on. Take a walk. You'll feel like a million dollars. Clapton. I'm literally going to do that one. It's in the way that you use it. Yeah, that's color money. Bam, bam. So the Who's the, chick, who's the chick in that? Oh, I'm not going to remember her name. Yeah. She was so good, though. So hot. Yeah. She was. That movie is... Tom Cruise is so good in that Tom movie. Tom Cruise is a good actor. He's But that when you see him with Newman, you're like, these two... It's not like Newman's kicking his ass the whole time. You're like, these two went head to head and made a damn good movie. People don't give him enough credit, Tom Cruise. Yeah, like he's a fucking good actor. Yeah, you know, you wouldn't put him opposite certain people because you'd be like, yeah, he might get exposed. He may do the same. Well, I like I don't who? know that he'd get exposed. <laughs> I don't know. It was a bold statement, but I don't have anything to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was picturing him like rom- like because romantically, like he's not what he used to be in movies. Like mm-hmm. they don't put him like that. So I was just thinking, like, if you put him opposite a really great. Like Monica Bellucci or like some female actress who could hold her own, you might see. Yeah, I'm not buying it. He here. may fall victim to the thing where he's sort of done the same thing a lot or similar-ish, to where you've never seen him play like a like broken loser. Really, like you kind of want to see that side of him. Like, show me all your weakness. What about Vanilla Sky? Sure, that was I, I love that movie. Incredible. By the way, because of that. that I only whole, saw it once. That oh. whole uh, be optimistic uh, motif that keeps coming back here is, is I loved the fact that at the end of that movie, 
he was able to see that he had one great afternoon with this chick. Yeah. And that, like, you know, fueled his eternity in this hibernation of, like, what he wanted. Right. And then he ended, you know, on a good note. Right? Abre los the movie. The thing that sticks to me from that <laughs> movie is that terrifying sentence Cameron Diaz says, like, when you ha- have sex with a woman, your body makes a promise. I was like, oh, God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No! That no. movie was so dark and twisted and crazy. It was really fucking good. But he was amazing in it. Yeah. My buddy always used to, anytime like, we feel like we're in, like, in a situation that we didn't want to be in, he'd always just go, tech support! <laughs> like, like, get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love him. It's I like if you're in a great. conversation with somebody you don't want to be in, tech support! Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, fucking Newman sweater game in Color of Money is tight. Color of Money, I gotta watch that now. You'll love it. Did you hang around Have pool you, halls because of it? I, play, I actually played pool a lot. My friend Joey's parents owned a pizza place that had a bunch of pool tables. Which one? It was in like no, it wasn't in La Crescenta. It oh. was in like, or like not even our, I'm like like Claremont or something. It was really far away. Oh, way out there. Yeah, it was way out there. And so, but but I would they let me work there for like a month before they realized I was terrible at working at a pizza place. <laughs> yeah. But I they didn't pay me actually. Uh, but I, they I could play pool and just kind of have like I think they paid me forty. No, you know what? I worked there for five days. They paid me forty dollars, but I played a lot of pool. I I wanted. To be a good pool player. I was like okay at it, but it was one of those things where I was like, I'm going to become a great pool player. So yeah. I saw The Hustler, the original one, because it's about pool playing. Yeah. And, uh, and that, but yeah, I've always loved billiards. That's like an old school man thing to be good at playing pool. I don't like playing at a bar. If you're in a bar and somebody's like, let's play pool, it's like, eh. You'll get bumped. Yeah, it's like, and it's, it's like, and like the, the sticks are, it's like sticky. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I, I actually agree. really like, Same with darts. I like if it's quiet. Hollywood Billiards, when it was still open was on Hollywood great. Boulevard, was great because you could just go quietly play pool and no one was... The people there were kind of serious about it, so there wasn't any like lameness, but it closed. you know. Yeah. But it was fun. It was, was a cool fun. place. I used to play every Friday and Saturday night. I'd go to the movies. That's how I got all those stubs. Me and my buddies, we'd go to the movies, and then we'd go back to my house, go in the basement, play pool. No, oh, you had no, a pool table. That's cool. Uh, yeah, no drugs, no alcohol. I'd love to have a pool table. That was the greatest thing my it's a great dad game. ever did. He, he yeah, it's fun as shit. It's a, a great table. game. If there was like, if I knew of a place that had a good pool table that w- where it wasn't busy all the time, I would go all the time. Yeah. I feel that way about pinball. I'm always looking pinball, for a good yeah. pinball machine. Uh, eighty two. Yeah, yeah, your birthday. Yeah, by yeah, the yeah. Way. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys. Yeah. No, but isn't there another place? That was awesome. There's like another place. There's one in Silver Lake that's all old. School it's all old pinballs. ones. Like a, yeah. Eighty two borrows. Yeah, yeah. Eighty two borrows some of their stuff. Yeah, for their place. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's still out there. I just read about it. Yeah. yeah. But watch The Hustler first. Okay. Black and white. Newman, George C. Scott's a fucking man. Dude, George C. Scott in that movie was Holy like... Holy shit. And you know what? I After I saw that, because I saw Rounders first, I realized that Kanish from Rounders definitely relied a f- couple scenes on on that sternness. Right. When he's talking to Mikey, he's like, when he's telling him how, like, you know, I, I do all this stuff so I can support a family. I'm not just chasing the big thing. Mm-hmm. That was like that George C. Scott, like... Staring right through you. When George C. Scott tells him at the end, he's like, you owe me money. You're like, oh, fuck. Everyone's going to die. (laughs) So good. Pool Hall Junkies, another uh, great pool Mm. movie. Christopher Walken. Well, I I should know the name of the woman in in Hustler. She's unbelievably famous. But she, you know, she's limping. They're both both drunks and she's limping. She's like, I'm not drunk. I'm lame. 
She yeah, played like the mother in Carrie, I think. Not Carrie. She was like won Academy yeah. Awards and shit. That movie was fucking insane. Wait, like, the one in Carrie? Is that Sissy Spacek? Yeah, it's not Sissy Spacek. Oh. All right, that was your number three, right? Yeah, that was my last one. Okay. My number three is Marilyn Manson. Fictitious. Fictitious. Yeah. Interesting, it is. It's a yeah. fictitious character. Interesting. So, so you could, in theory, also go like Andrew Dice Clay. You could. Yeah. Yeah. It's a character. I feel like he's molded. But now here's the interesting thing, though. Doesn't that kind of... Now you're you're idolizing a guy who's not himself? We don't know. Well, I mean... It's Brian... What's his Brian name? Warner. Warner. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say Brian Warner. Um, but what does it matter in what arena you create it a, doesn't, a fictitious character? Yeah. Whether it's in a movie or on stage, you know. He created like the quintessential 90s provocateur. Yeah. I mean, people have done it before. Like Madonna did it before him, and David mm-hmm. Bowie did it before him. Yeah. Every generation has had one. We have Garth Lady Brooks. Gaga, unfortunately. Yeah, now, now. you said that, like you could go Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, yeah. You go Iggy Pop, Alice Cooper, Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, maybe not Iggy Pop, Alice he, Cooper, Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, Sergeant Pepper, Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, his was like a fully formed identity that really fucking changed the way people thought about. Um, music like because they the parents thought he was a fucking satanist and that he was going to negatively influence their children they thought it was real they thought he was really that way all the rumors about him and the things he would do um but what it really was was this like really calculated thought out character designed to provoke and to make a band successful and how did that affect you? <laughs> it affected me in that, like, I was the exact age, um, and a lot of these influences I've made. Are way, all, I love the, I love the, uh, just the like feeling. That all, all yours are like '90s. It's Bart Simpson, Tyler Durden, uh-huh. Marilyn Manson. It all feels like because those are your, you know, for me, sure. It's the your formative years. Formative years when yeah. those when fictitious characters are gonna have a big influence on you. Like I can't think of really any as an adult that. I was like, wow, that, that character's influenced me. This, like, there's fictitious characters I identify with as an adult where I'm like, oh, I'm like that or whatever. But when I was a teenager, those characters like, informed me and kind of showed me, like, oh, you can be like that or like, that's a cool thing to do. I'm going like, to let that influence me and like, copy it or emulate. Yeah. You know? But I was like, uh, as a teenager when he was becoming famous, I didn't really have any friends. I was an outsider. I was, no, I was very uncomfortable in my own skin and like... Someone like that comes along and is like dark and weird and mysterious, but has the sense that like I don't care and I'm different and that's cool. And I'm going to not only be different, but I'm going to be different in your fucking faces and provoke (laughs) you. Yeah. And then if you don't like it, yeah, tell you to go fuck yourself. I was like, that's amazing. And you, it was finally someone you could identify it with. It was intrusive cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like uh, in the 90s when you'd go to the mall and there'd be, you know, some dude like with a leash, you know, mm-hmm. and his chick was holding the leash. Right, yeah. right, right. And, right. Uh, and, it was, and you would just hear them like, you know, these pu- punk, goth, whatever, yeah. you know, not to be cliche, but those stereotypes. And then there would be like, you'd hear some them say to somebody, hey, what are you looking at? It's like, well, listen... <laughs> think you know what i'm looking at yeah not every day you see this so it was like that kind of like all right you're gonna it was playing dumb in a sense right where it was like you know why i'm looking you did it for me to look so that you could say that to get that feeling and i like that you're admitting that not you're not even trying to cover up 
that you're saying like that's what you liked about it. Yeah. Where somebody might say like that's a negative, but I like what you're saying. You're saying like, yeah, I like that it was I'm going to be cool <laughs> in your face. Yeah, I'm going to be cool <laughs> and like it, it he just made like being different and weird like okay and acceptable and like if if it's if you know your parents or teachers or whatever don't like it, fuck that. Still do it. Yeah. Cuz there's nothing wrong with it, you know. Um, all in that character. It was all that. And yeah. like the angrier people got, the more successful he got. And the more hated he got, the it was just more fuel to the fire. And I just found it so funny. And so like, it was just, to me, and it was you brilliant. you liked the music. And I liked the music. <laughs> yeah. I did, really did. The early stuff was like, they were a good rock band. And yeah. they just, but they had that extra thing where they had this character that was there to fucking provoke people and get them upset. You know, and that uh, that took them, you know, because there are a lot of like industrial punk, like goth kind of rock bands floating around at the time, but they never went anywhere. But they had him and that like that like, that clever approach. It kind of is an example of like if you do the work and, and, and like come up with your character and make them well-rounded enough and intellectually justifiable to where if people are like, you're wrong, you can be like, no, I'm not. And here's why. Yeah. You can be as loud as you want because you're like, no, I already thought about this. I figured he, he knew what people were going to say and he was already prepared. He was yeah. like, he was like a cool Ann Coulter <laughs> where it's like, yeah. say whatever the fuck you want. Just so you know, I came to fight. Well, what's, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the greatest part about it is it, it just was, it just went against the grain of everything. So anything that was like, um, considered sacred or holy or pure, he would just be against it. Was that like Backstreet Boy time? Before that. Okay. Marilyn Manson started the, their first 97, album. 97, 98 was... Well, when was like the big, like, you know, pop culture? 96, 97. Seven, yeah. They started in 92. Their first album was in 92. And then they did... They got a little success. That was a huge hip hop time. Ninety seven, ninety eight was when they broke like MTV. That was when they were enormous. And and then Backstreet Boys in Sync. Ninety eight, ninety nine was that ninety eight, ninety nine. I was a freshman. Yeah, but yeah, ninety seven because Antichrist Superstar came out in ninety six, and that had the beautiful people and all that. And that's when he was just you couldn't be bigger. And then the video too. That whole fact that that's when they were video was what put people. Yeah, that's what scared families. Yeah, and parents were like, "You can't listen to this shit." Yeah. And a lot of fans, even people that didn't like him, were like, kind of going, you know, humming along with beautiful yeah. people. Yeah, you know the album I mean? like, was. It was. I wasn't a big fan, but you know, it was just like it was part it was of the rotation. Catchy. It was catchy. That guitar riff was was catchy. But yeah, they had really refined. He had refined that character and honed, and he just he fucking knew what he was doing when they tried to pin Columbine on him. That that's interview. When he, that's actually when he kind of broke character. Yeah, and you're like, that's when I realized for sure. I was like. That's that's an actual that's a clever smart dude who did all of this on purpose. This wasn't mm-hmm. just like I'm a crazy weirdo and I'm gonna like, you know, Alice Cooper and things like that. Where it was it was manufactured by others and you know sure. it was like just be shocking and offensive. This was like I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like you say one thing and I'll oppose it, and it'll work for me. Was Alice Cooper manufactured? Yeah, Chef Gordon. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they created a whole thing. Like, he didn't know what he was doing. And they, they're like, <laughs> we need, because of like people like Iggy Pop, they're like, oh. we need to create a character and we need to have you be shocking and offensive. You got to stand out and do something. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I've never super connected to Alice Cooper. Yeah, he was, uh, he was cool. I like it and I respect it, but I've never been, it's never been like my shit. That's like yeah. my connection is, is the tracks that were in No More right. Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. School's Out for Summer. Yeah, yeah. 
Now yeah, he's they a staunch it. Republican who shoots like 68 or whatever wow. a good golf score. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you get rich enough. You just want your taxes to be lower and you don't care why. Yeah. What's your last one? Uh, Axel Foley. Axel. Axel. <laughs> Foley is here to see her. Foley is here to see you. Uh, no, it's fi- it's a very important piece. Very important piece. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I My dad taped... Beverly Hills Cop off of TV, mm. and I didn't know wow. what it was. <laughs> so, sorry, what was I said, wow, that's a, yeah. that's a weird way to see it. It was v- VHS taped. Uh, you know, man, that was, that was what they did early 90s. Like yeah. All those like Sunday night, Monday night movies, you'd get a bunch yeah. of commercials. Oh, yeah, you'd yeah. You'd lose a couple scenes, a couple swear words, but yeah, you right. got the gist. Yeah. But I just remember... It's the only way to do it back then. Woke yeah. up one morning, didn't know what it was. My dad had recorded it, put it on. Later that day, and I was like... I was pretty young. This is like six, seven years old for Beverly Hills Cop. And it just blew my mind. I told my mom I wanted to be a Detroit police officer. And she said, why? <laughs> he goes to Beverly Hills. And I said, yeah, but you got to go to Detroit. I, I got to go to Detroit first, then go to Beverly Hills because that's what <laughs> that's he did. Uh, so that Axel Foley, as far as uh, how it affected me, 100%. I was the first kid with glasses. I had big glasses. I was a quiet kid. If I opened my mouth to say anything that would have been funny had I been wearing like cooler clothes or looked cooler, mm-hmm. then it probably would have gone over. But it was that like people step on whatever you're saying because you're a nerd. I'm not self-deprecating. That's just, that was just the reality. Yeah. So what Axel Foley was, was he like his superpower is that he can walk in anywhere and he will affect the place around him. So he's and he's always undercover. Even if he just says his name, he's undercover in some respect. The fact that he goes from Detroit to Beverly Hills, again, bring up my car again. <laughs> yeah, I just it's like you know just that line. Like you're still driving that same you know piece of shit Chevy Nova. She's like so, no, she's like I remember you used to drive that. What are you driving now? And he goes same piece of shit Chevy Nova. Not that my car's a piece of shit, but when people say that, I'm always like driving the same 1995. Jeep Cherokee, so obviously that must have uh, influenced it as well, but uh-huh. um, again, it's like he went in anywhere, uh, and he always had something that even if, they, even if he was out of place, he could say something to diffuse it to make people either like him, accept him, or send them off in another direction. Yeah. Just the greatest character ever. He was Huge, so cool. He and was I, cool, man. Yeah, and I just was, you know. You're not going to fall for the banana and tailpipe? <laughs> <laughs> and it's and he was sometimes he was the only one in on the joke and here's where I separate him from like an Andy Kaufman pulling that off. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I one of the things I didn't like about Andy Kaufman and I like obviously what we all love was that I think it's easy when you come into a situation and you make if you make the other person like say the victim of your prank and they have no idea to me that's not like a feat. You know, when you walk in somebody and ask somebody like a strange question at a store because you're 13 right. and you think it's funny. Like that's, like yeah, it's goofy, but like that's not, that's easy. You know what I mean? You can go in and try and, you can make anybody look stupid for a They're few They're basically seconds. completely sure. unarmed. Exactly. Yeah. But what he did was he, it was always using their ammo. It was always using things that were going around. So if he walked into some place and he got xyz information it wasn't like he was punking on everybody he was just kind of going along and being part of that machine and changing it you know mm. what i mean oh he's kind of han solo-ish a little bit 
a little bit. Letterman's a little bit. jacket. The whole thing was he's, really cool. He's very. He's a little more from the get go unselfish. Like the first. I mean, the, the reason that whole movie exists is because oh, yeah. he decides to go take care of his friends. The line that I have about Axel Foley as a character is that an average day would find him hanging from the back of a cigarette truck. Any day can find something at some type of crazy adventure. An extraordinary day in the life of Axel Foley is if he's going above and beyond for like a friend. So it's like you, he's cool on a day-to-day basis. But yeah. the only time yeah. we check in with him as an audience is when Michael Tandino gets shot in the first one and then Andrew Bogomil gets shot in the second one. We don't even talk about the third one. Because <laughs> it was terrible. I never got that far. I barely remember the first one. Uh, it's good. He's, I mean, he's amazing in that. He's amazing. Eddie Murphy's like... He's, he's still just as good as he ever was. Anybody who doesn't understand. Yeah, that. Eddie Murphy goes into like... He goes into the pantheon of all-time greats. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he's, he goes into that very small group of like pure greatness. He's, that, man, that you can't scene. really beat him. That scene when he goes through the warehouse and he's got everybody like checking. Fi- he go- just this is, and I learned this too is just asking small, unrelated questions. So when he goes in and he says to the security guard, "Excuse me, do you have a match?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Is this your badge?" Yeah. Is your supervisor here? And then later on, he's yelling to the supervisor about the guy, the security guard. He goes, "He's like, this guy gave me a match," and he's like, "You gave him a match?" And it's like, that's not. That wasn't anything like threatening, but he brought yeah. it up as like a tool. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. remember that scene. No. And then they're all going through the filing cabinets, and this little punk guy goes, "Hey, he goes, you get some kind of warrant for this?" And then he just turns to him, he goes, "You know, you've got a very big mouth. You're very loud mouth." Yeah. He goes, "Was that your Porsche parked out outside? Parked outside?" He's like, "I can have the IRS here in 20 minutes." He's like, "No, sir. I don't know whose Porsche that is. Not mine." It's just there's a million. I'm million. looking for Victor Maitland. You can tell him he needs to go get himself checked. Like you yeah. know, he made all that shit up. He did, man. They ru- they lost so many takes because the crew was just losing their shit. Yeah. The boom guy who's like standing like yeah. five feet from Eddie Murphy riffing, like you know, yeah. can't hold that in. I have herpes simplex ten. 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 <laughs> just want to let the man uh, get himself checked out before parts start falling Bronson off. Just start falling off on the man. <laughs> Bronson Pinchot's like the best thing he's ever done. I mean, dude, that, he is like. So we got perfect strangers. <sighs> perfect strangers was a good show. That was a good show. I, I just watched, watched the, all of that show. I watched the uh, opening credits to it on. I don't know how it showed up on YouTube. I was watching <laughs> something that had to do with the old TV shows, and then on the right hand column, it was like. The Perfect Strangers theme song. I'm like, don't mind if I do. <laughs> Click, and it's like a really like it. The nostalgia is what makes it good. But you're like, oh yeah, it just rocks out a little Balky bit. Balky Bartokamus, man. Yeah, Balky, Balky. Oh, I said Rocky. So. No, I know. Although whenever I hear, if you just say Beverly Hills Cop, my head goes. Like it just goes right there. Yeah, that's funny. That, he was uh, cool. Yeah, he. Uh, pulled off a lot in those movies those are good ones yeah these were actually hard for me to figure out me too i'd never thought in those terms <laughs> me yeah me me yeah. too no, yeah you you've been thinking well you know about what's funny day. i just want to bring that up because when we were in the back hallway and i said what the three were you're like well those like all have swag and i was telling kevin before like my circuitry was just like shutting down because i'm like swag I'm like, I don't even, like, I don't Why even Why did understand. a 37-year-old white guy say that just now? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but, like, like how, like, because, again, it's, like, I just see these guys as nobody's watching them. I it, The characters, it felt like nobody was paying attention to them. And that's then the way somebody else views them 
has like so little to do with it. They're just to me all those all those Han Solo, Roger Rabbit, and Axel Foley are dudes that'll just walk in a room and be like, "I'll figure this out." Yeah. Don't worry. Like I got this. And that's that's how I always wanted to feel as a kid, and that's how yeah. I feel. I think that's why. Yeah. Like a lot of your the, th- the fictitious characters that you like are the things you want to be. Oh, of course. Or the same parts of you that are missing. Like yeah. all three of mine were like be like cool, rebellious. I love, I love yours because uh, well, yours are funny because they start as it goes child, uh, it goes like child, adult, like Twilight, mm-hmm. and it's like right. you've got Charlie Brown who you're like, all right, kid, stick with it. Yeah. And then and then you've got Andy Dufresne. It's like, all right, this is what you this is what you went through all that shit before so that you you're ready for this now. You can brush this off. You yeah. get out of prison. And then Fast Eddie's like, listen, right. I climbed through the shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's Turns out there's a little left in the tank. Yeah. yeah. And yours are like all Great tattoos, <laughs> like, right? My, yeah, mine are all like late teenage punk rock things yeah, that you'd be like, into, and then as an adult, you're like, yeah, that was a phase. Like, it was, it, those yeah. are, it's all that stuff. Yeah, mine yeah. are like go on an adventure in a cool vehicle, right? And just trying to have some fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, those they were just the things that like I needed someone to identify with, like when yeah. I was younger, and then those were the one, those are the things I was lacking. You know, it was like that be cool, rebellious. You know. And then I went overcorrected as far as like being getting in too much trouble, and you know. And then you just identify with them even more, you know, because you're like, "Fucking so and so did it. I'm gonna do it." Yeah, I think it's funny. I'm just realizing since I was like a therapy session. I'm realizing like, yeah, those <laughs> characters were all able to just be themselves uh-huh. without stuttering right. on what they were gonna say, and and without having anybody look at them and question what they were saying because it was coming from their mouth. Right. You know what I mean? Like Axel Foley didn't look like the people he's walking into at the country club, yeah. but they still, they yeah, they judged by his appearance, but what he said overcame how he looked. Yeah, and that's something and as that a kid you with big can, glasses. Yeah, <laughs> that's invaluable. Exactly. As a kid, every little thing that's gets big. to you, and your confidence, and your you don't know who you are and what you're doing, and like you watch characters like that, and you're just like, that guy's my fucking hero. I remember when you forget tell- they're not real. I just remember when you tell the valets, like, be careful with this car. All this shit happened the last time I was here. <laughs> Unbelievable line. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah it's so good, dude. Honorable Fuck. mention. Oh, yeah. Honorable Can mention. I, I, got, I got a few I got to bang out real quick. <laughs> okay, real quick. Donald Duck. Yeah. yeah. And here's why. And well, I, think I just saw a picture of him online wearing a Nazi uniform. <laughs> wow. hilarious. Who's never wrong but always right? Who'd never dream of starting a fight? No one but Donald Duck. Now, that's <laughs> but also the angriest character yeah, of all but time. But if you look at it, he was constantly being instigated by the squirrels. And I'm not going to use their names because that's a sign of respect. The squirrels, <laughs> the chipmunks. Yeah. All right. So them and it, everything was like he was just walking down, doing yeah. his thing. And then a bee would come and just fuck up his day. And it's like, listen. <laughs> and as a kid, I'm going, he, I'm going, all right. I was taught what right and wrong was, and I didn't see him do anything wrong. <laughs> like right. he lost his cool. They used him. <laughs> they used him. That that this American Life, where they talked about death and taxes. They used Donald Duck as a character to encourage people to pay their taxes. <laughs> Why? I don't know, because he was just so popular at the time. That's I just funny. like that. You don't. So when you go to Disneyland, there's less Donald Duck stuff. Yeah, but it's cool. It's a completely different color scheme. I always yeah. like that stuff. The Donald Duck stuff's cool. There's a little more these days. Donald yeah. Duck. Stuff. I will give five dollars to whoever can tell me his middle name. Oh, oh I forgot. 
Is it with a J? I'd be happy to give the five dollars. That's how. That's how hard Donald, you think it's gonna be. Yeah. Donald, does it start with an R? No. Okay, then I have no idea. Yeah. Oh shit! I just blanked. You retard. Uh, I know, no, no, come uh, on. no. It's. Uh, <laughs> I want to say Faltermeyer, but that's Harold Faltermeyer. It's. Uh, so I don't trust. He you. probably no, also no, no, doesn't no, even on. have five dollars yeah, on him. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Fontelroy. Sorry. Fontelroy. Oh, like little remember. Lord Fontelroy. I that did take a second. I'm sorry, but it's, it's Fontelroy. I kept saying Faltermeyer because of all the. Okay, so you do know it. It's Fontelroy, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, okay, so that well, you have more honorable honor. I know, I mean, that was it. Barry Allen, The Flash. You know, okay. he's going to make a decision, be in two places at once. Right. I have trouble making up my mind sometimes. So to be able that duality of being like, well, I can almost be in two places at once, right. but I still have to make a decision. My honorable mention, I guess, if if I had to pick one, would be like Batman. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I like B. Arthur from the Golden Girls character. Gerard always says that's how he got his timing. B. Arthur. She had the best timing you've i mean it's just history of the world do you remember hearing that no she, i mean I'm go- there's just golden girls has so many good jokes mm-hmm. that's a good show yeah the only thing i remember about history of the world is the stand-up philosophers mm-hmm. remember that stand-up philosophy yeah yeah that was like a really i was like oh you that's a very that that, that movie history of the world give that a watch I think I've seen just don't remember like any of it. He's a, he goes to the un- Mel Brooks goes to the unemployment line <laughs> and he's a stand-up philosopher <laughs> and she and and she's at the window, B. Arthur, and she goes, "Have you uh, have you tried to tell any jokes lately? Or have you told any jokes lately?" He's like, "No." Have you tried to tell any jokes lately? No. Are you going to be telling any jokes lately? You know, like all the unemployment lines. Have you yeah. worked? Have you found work? Yeah. It's funny. She killed. Yeah, it. it was. My favorite Golden Girls line is 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 Betty White's character goes. Can I ask you a dumb question? She goes, better than anyone I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Wayne Campbell was probably another okay. uh, honorable mention. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Wayne Campbell, I mean, yeah. yeah, probably ripped off. Parker Lewis? Parker Lewis oh, can't, can't lose. Can't lose, yeah. yeah. Ferris Bueller. Oh, yeah, Ferris Bueller's a good one. I actually despise Ferris Bueller. Really? Easy. The movie and the character. Easy. Why? Yeah, no, no, listen, Slow I know. Down. It's, the, it's the unpopular Easy. opinion. I know, we're in the presence of the typewriter, but still, Easy. I just... Uh, <laughs> I just thought, what a terrible way to spend a day off. And it's like, people get... Dude, how about wait till Saturday? And nice vest, singing Donka Shana Parade. Is this what you planned to do? Right. No, he didn't plan any plan. of it. I know, I know, I know. That so was... much better if you skip school and do that shit. Yeah, I, he was I would like... have rather gone to geometry and like made jokes with my friend than sing Donka. <laughs> I know it's blast. I agree with the why, you know. I, I just you I didn't, done I just, more I didn't grow up with the movie. Right, me neither. Yeah, but it was still when I saw it, I was like, that dude's cool. But he was like '80s cool, and I'm like, that kind of cool wasn't cool anymore. But I liked the attitude. Like yeah. I was really into like I'm like. That's a cool. That's what a cool person is. He was a sausage king Zach of Chicago. Wasn't Zach Morris though? What I said. He wasn't Zach Morris. Zach Morris was cool. Zach was cool because he wasn't even a jerk. Yeah, he was just like he goofed slick on himself, and smooth, yeah. and just everyone. Ferris wasn't a jerk. Oh, I didn't say he was. Okay. I said he was boring. <laughs> he was a little jerky. <laughs> he was kind of a punk. Like he had, yeah, he had a little punk attitude. As where Zach Morris had none of that. He was very mean to his best friend, which Zach Morris was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Morris, uh, yeah, that's an honorable mention for me too. If I had to pick one, I can't even believe what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. He I was, know it's it's blasphemy. Cool. Uh, it's just uh, that's the one of those movies that I know everybody loves that I can't handle. Yeah, it was good. 
But I, yeah, I, I, I'm not like one of the best ever. But it was a good movie. Yeah. What I remember. But I respect that you came out and said that. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves it. I don't. It's ballsy. It's very Marilyn Manson of you. All right, get the <laughs> hell out so. of my fucking house. Ah. <laughs> oh yeah, I think we're done. We're like an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, this was a great idea, dude. Thank yeah. you for it was, having it was, you. For anyone, li- for anyone listening, still at the end. <laughs> um, Why would this you? was Andrew's idea? Yeah, you I didn't. Ex- I didn't ask to be on. No, no, you. Not, came- not that I'm saying that securely, but I, I, I didn't even expect. I was like, I wonder who they're gonna get to do that episode. No, you, you. I didn't even really have the idea for the episode. Neither of you said you. Sh- you got. I love the the list. I said, and I had a, do, an idea for a list. Yeah, do a fictional character one. I'm like. Oh, that's a great idea. And then you were like, I already know my three. And you went boom, boom, boom. And you're like, oh, well, we're going to have to have you They were on. so interesting. I'm like, oh, you got to come and just be on it and do yeah, it. No. It'll the be only great. downside is I have one less podcast I can listen to next week. Oh, yeah, because you were on it. Yeah, and I enjoy it. I listen to you guys. That's funny. Thank you. No, of course. got to listen to yourself. It's so satisfying. You like it? I, well, I listen to it to make sure I remember things I've said too many times. Oh, uh, right, yeah. I listen to it to hear when I did how Ari's. Doing. I listened to it because I was like, it, I, it was a three. It was two part, three hour podcast. The financial one, yeah. The, um, economic meltdown one, yeah. Yeah, look at that. Good memory. Did you just yeah. Google that or something? No, I remember when you did. Oh, it. oh, yeah. I listened to. I think the first part. Yeah, it was long. I can't because I was like, I'm like, I didn't know you had a background in that. I don't think. Or yeah, something. I did that from before I moved down here. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I want to hear some of that. Um, I actually don't understand when people say like, whether it be Burr or any of these other guys, like, ugh, like this thing's going on too long. People who are listening to podcasts, just as a note to like all podcast hosts, if they're listening, they're happy with an extra twenty minutes. Oh sure, yeah. Nobody's ever upset. I think it's like not that you're saying you guys are, but just in general, yeah. I feel like somebody like, oh, this thing's going on too long. It's like no, people who listen to podcasts, they have plenty of time. Yeah, because a lot of people, I think it's like other comedians say that they're like, oh, they, these go on too long. It's like you don't work in an office from nine to five or have like a hour and a half long commute each way five days a week. I've met a lot of people who are like, I met a guy in Nashville most recently who works, um, who does like. Uh, he's an electrician, basically, let's say. And he does repairs on houses. And he's in a house. Headphones all day. Every day, headphones alone. Yeah. So he probably listens to hours. So many podcasts. He was yeah. just like, dude, your podcast. And like he listed three or four others. He's like, they, they get me through a work day. Of course. And I'm like, but they get me through. I mean, like, if right. I'm not going to talk to anybody, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm not going to see anybody, that's sometimes that's my only yeah, outlet yeah. is, uh, you yeah. know, throw them on. And I fall asleep. At night, I set the timer for five to ten minutes. I've fallen asleep to you guys, mm-hmm. Ari, right. you know, Rogan and Red Band. Like, I, and it's, it's just funny. Like, yeah. Yeah, when I would listen to them at the gym and they, like, if there's been some short serial ones, I'm just like, God damn it. Yeah, you're like, like I'm not done. Minutes. I'm yeah. not done Rogan's working the, out. Rogan's the best because they're three hours. Three yeah. fucking hours, yeah. It's yeah. pretty crazy. But yeah, people, I mean, you just like listen to an hour and 20 minutes on one way to work and then maybe the rest on the way back. It's like there's no such thing as too long if you're a fan. Exactly. You and know? the thing is, too, is, is of the amount of podcasts, there's very few that even the po- even people who love podcasts, there's still only so many that you can listen to because, listen, the problem is, is that there's so many podcasts and there are some podcasts by people who aren't the type of people to keep an attention sure. for a long yeah. period of time. Like, we arrived at our time frame, really, just like how it just naturally. Of course. Yeah. Like, the, we, we did however many, 10, 15. 
And we're like, we just naturally kind of end between an hour and an hour and a half. Yeah, about that time, someone says something offensive, so they didn't like Ferris Bueller, <laughs> and then we stopped. Uh, oh, like Ferris Bueller. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. And then we're like, and! No. Um, but thanks for doing this, dude. No, thank yeah, you man. guys for having yeah. me. I appreciate it. This was really cool. This will come out on tomorrow, actually. <laughs> I forgot what day it was. Uh, is there anything you want to like plug or promote? Or? Uh, no. Okay. At Themelis, you know, okay. if you want to see me retweet uh, pulp art and comic book art. Right, right. Um, that's about it. Cool. Thank you, dude. Thank you guys All for right. having me.